sunny Sunday morning. Um, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Um, it is the month of August, and uh, a lot of people, depending on who you are, you're looking forward to the month for different reasons. Some people are thinking about their holiday. Some people are thinking about kids going back to school one, one week closer. Um, <laughs> And um, others, there's a set of people that are thinking about something really important, actually, and that's their results. It's results month. So the young people, I know they've gone out, but the young people will be looking forward to their results. So GCSEs, A-levels, all that sort of stuff. And um, I was thinking about that, and it, I started to go back in my mind sort of many, many years ago. There was an August where I was receiving my GCSE results. And um, I'm smiling because um, I can smile now because at the time, I wasn't smiling. I just, I just wasn't smiling. Um, it was probably about, around about this time of the month, and I was sort of anticipating it. I was thinking, I know what's coming. I, I knew what was coming. And, um, you know, so I was all right about it, but when I thought about my parents, I thought, geez, this isn't going to be good. This just isn't going to work out well, because I knew what I'd been doing. I knew the seeds that I'd been sowing. So I knew what was about to be harvested. <laughs> and it just wasn't good. So, as I said, I, I knew what was coming. But fast forward, when the day actually came, you know, the results came through the door. And I picked them up slowly. And as God would have it, my dad didn't go to work that day. <laughs> I know, I know. Can you imagine? It's like, of all days, dad, just go to work. You know what I mean? So, um... I picked them up slowly. I went to the kitchen where Dad, in his normal fashion, was having a cup of tea. He loves a cup of tea. And all I could think of is, I'm about to experience my dad's wrath <laughs> once again. It wasn't the first time. So I walked as slow as I could. I got to the kitchen, and um, I handed them to my dad. Well, actually, I opened them. I saw what I knew I was going to see. And I handed them over to my dad, and I just braced myself. I braced myself. And um, something really, really different happened, and it, it, it changed my life. Um, so I was bracing myself, and as I braced myself, my dad came over to the table, um, and he sat down, and I was like, God, have you answered my prayer? Have you made them all A's? And not, and not I, I, listen, I, I was like, why is he sitting down? <laughs> why hasn't he got his belt off ready to go? <laughs> but it, it, he sat down and, um, and it, no, he, he began to speak to me and really, you know, just encouraged me. He, just, he started to encourage me. And I remember just feeling like, wow, like, what have you done and how has this made your father just change towards you and I remember thinking and listening to his words of encouragement and thinking do you know what I've got to do something I've got to make a change I've got to do a 180 I've got to turn around from what I'm doing because it's not good it's not achieving anything good and that day I, I, I bowed to myself, look, I don't know how I'm going to do it, because I, I wasn't academic at all, I wasn't that guy. Um, 
But I said, look, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And cut a long story short, I, I went to college, I went to uni, and I, I really turned everything around. And I know now it was the grace of God, but at the time I was like, oh, I've got to work hard. But God's grace and his mercy allowed me just to see and do something different through my father's encouragement. And when I thought about that, it really helped me to put this word together. And I've entitled this message that I'm going to share with you this morning called To Be Encouraged. And I want to go through some scripture this morning and just look at how people in the word of God have been encouraged and how God encourages us. So before I start, I just want to pray. So if you just bow your heads with me, I want to pray. Righteous and eternal Father, Father in heaven, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Thank you that Lord, I can be here today, Lord, and not only can I be here, but I can be here with the brethren, your people, as you are here with us, Lord, to just come together around your word, look into your word, and just find out what it says to us. Because, Lord, I know, Lord, every day that you raise us, Lord, you raise us for a purpose. You raise us, Lord, that your word would encourage us to keep going, to fulfill your will, Lord. So as I pray, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, to anoint my tongue, Lord. Speak through me, Lord. Speak your message that it will touch someone, Lord. Encourage some morning, Father. I ask you this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I just want to share a word. Um, it's going to come up behind me. Uh, I'm going to speak from 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, it's a story about David and uh, his men. So uh, a backdrop is David um, has um, fled, uh, has left out from the nation uh, uh, of Israel. He's on the run for his life, um, uh, him and his men, and he's with the Philistines. And he's got a, a portion of land for him and his people. And uh, at this particular point, he was going to go up and he was actually going to war against Israel, but he was told to go back. You can't fight with us, the Philistines, against your people. We don't know what you're capable of, so go back. So we're picking it up in uh, um, verse, uh, chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, and it's where David's going back to uh, the place that he'd been given by the Philistines. I mean, it says this in uh, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass... When David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And he had taken, uh, and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David, David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'll stop there. 
I wanted to speak from this passage because there are times when we go through stuff. There are times when we're in situations and we need encouragement. We don't always need the answer, but we need encouragement to get to the answer, to get to the results, to get to the solution. And when I was reading this, I started to think, look at the situation that David's gone through. He's on the run for his life, by the way, but not only that, in the, in the midst of that, where he's staying has been burned. His wives and all his people, the wives of his people and their families have been taken. What a situation. And I read this and I thought, how would I respond in that situation? Like, what would I do? What would my reaction be? And then I read that it said that David and his people, they wept. And I thought, yeah, but I would do that. I'd cry, I'd weep. You know, if my family was taken, I'd break down. I'd be in a situation. And then it goes on to say that, and David was greatly distressed. If he wasn't already distressed, he has another level of distress. Why? Because not only has he lost his family, now the people that he's with, that are in the same situation as him, they turn on him. They weep just like him, they're in the situation as just like him, but they, their reaction is, hang on, who's caused this? Let's turn on him, let's take our anger out on him. So David has, I don't even want to say double trouble, I don't know how much trouble he, he has a lot of trouble. The people want to turn on him. And then I'm thinking, well, what would I do then? I'm in a problem, my family's been taken, and the people I'm with, their families have been taken, so we weep together, and then once we finish weeping, they turn on me, and I have another problem. And this is what really got me. It says that... Everyone's sons and daughters were taken. And it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I've been in situations where someone's risen up against me and I haven't been encouraging the Lord. I've decided to rise up against them and compound the situation. And when I read this, I thought, hang on, there's a different way, there's another way for us. It's to be encouraged in the Lord. And that's the first point I want to speak about this morning is our encouragement must come from the Lord. Now, for those of us who've, who've read about David, maybe some people are not as surprised because they know David has been encouraged in the Lord before, those of us who read about David. So this isn't the first time David has been encouraged by the Lord. But I was, I guess, somewhat surprised because of the situation. But we understand that David is a man that can be encouraged by the Lord because he's been with the Lord. He's trusted in the Lord in other situations. Now, that's how we can be encouraged in the Lord. That's a way that we can 
receive that encouragement from the Lord by being with him, being in his word, being around his people. Is that how we can be encouraged by him? That we won't go and do something in our own strength, but we'll be encouraged by the power of the Lord. In verse 7, which I haven't read yet, but I'll go on. It says that, and David said to Abitha, the priest, um, Amalekah's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abitha brought the um, brought thither the ethod to David, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after th- this troop? Now, I thought this is so important in that David was encouraging the Lord. Like, how do we get our encouragement from the Lord? Because this is so important, because once we're encouraged by the Lord, as we see from David, what did he do? He inquired of the Lord. Like, I'm encouraged, Lord. I'm encouraged by you. I'm encouraged by what you've done before. I'm encouraged what your word says. I'm encouraged what your promises are towards me. So then I can now inquire of you. I can ask you, Lord, you know what? I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know, whether, what the right thing is to do in this situation. I know there's many options, but I don't know. But I know that it's prudent for me to inquire because you are the all-knowing God. You know me better than I know myself. You know the situation better than I know the situation. So why don't I inquire of you now that I'm encouraged? And he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, what should I do? Should I pursue them? So you notice when we're encouraged by the Lord, when we're encouraged in the Lord, we're not always looking at the thing right in front of us. We're not always distracted by the immediate things or the things that we think are immediate. How many know that God has a perspective that is far above ours? The word of Isaiah says that his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. This is why it's important that the way that we can be encouraged is by being in his word. The way that we can know next steps is by inquiring of the Lord. And that's what David does. He inquires of the Lord. And he says to them, look, should I go after them? Should I overtake them? And the Lord says to him, go. Go and do that. Go and do that. How many, how, I don't know if you've been in situations where, well, I know we've all been in situations where we haven't inquired of the Lord and we haven't been obedient to the Lord but how many of you have been in that situation where you inquire and, that, and the Lord gives you the word and you do it how it's so much more peaceful because we know that he is with us we, we, we know for sure that this is what he wanted for us so the first point I want to share is that we must like David we must be encouraged in the Lord That's the first and foremost place we should get our encouragement from. But there is also other places that we can seek and gain encouragement from. Romans 15, uh, from verse 4, it says this, it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our inspiration, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, once we've once we have God's word in us, we can start to encourage one another. And this is the second place where we gain encouragement from. We gain encouragement from being around one another, being together on a Sunday, being together in men's group, women's group, children's groups. We get encouragement from the brethren, from one another. And here's the thing, we should... We should be expectant of having encouragement from one another. Like, this is one of the um, uh, attendants of the kingdom of God, to be encouraging to one another. And as it says here, it says, the, the word was written for us to be filled up. And then it says that we can share that with others. We can share with one another, to encourage one another, to build up one another. You know, it's a, uh, um, uh, verse 5 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony, in such harmony with one another. This is important. I mean, in this uh, uh, church here, amongst, amongst us, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so encouraged. You know, and I've been encouraged. I mean, men say things to me here and um, they, they encourage me. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was having a conversation with Joe, and Joe really encouraged me. You know, and that's one of the things that is wonderful about being in the kingdom, being in the family of, of, of God, is that we have brothers and sisters that we can be around that would encourage us. You know, sometimes people don't know what you're going through. Sometimes, sometimes people do know what you're going through. But as I said, that's one of the tenets of the kingdom is that we can encourage people and we can come into the sanctuary, we can come in, uh, into the meeting amongst brothers and sisters and, and know that we're going to be encouraged. Isn't that wonderful? It's a wonderful thing. I mean, look, I, I, I go... Um, uh, at work, I go into the city, I go, go into many different places and, you know, we're out in the, in the world. It's not like that. You know, I'm not saying people don't encourage people. People do. But it's, it's more of a surprise and expectation. You know, when I'm out in meetings, I'm not, I'm not expecting to be lifted up. If it happens, great. But when we come into this place, when we come amongst the brethren, we can expect that. We should expect that. It should be something um, uh, um, strange if we're not being lifted up, if we're not being encouraged in the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So we are encouraged in the Lord, but also we encourage one another. Um, Hebrews 3, uh, please, it says this, it says in verse 13, it says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. See, that word exhort 
in this passage, it means to be lifted up, to be strengthened. See, this is one of, one of my brothers, uh, it doesn't come to this church, well, one of our brothers, should I say, he, he says, it's my duty to be there for you, to encourage you, to lift your, it's, it's our duty. It should be part of what we do. It should be our, 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 our nature. It should be part of what we do. Let's exhort one another. Let's lift one another up. How? Every day. While it's called today, let's do it. Let's not wait. Oh, I'll do it. I can see he's going for a situation. I can see she's going for a situation. But let me get my ducks in a row and I'll encourage her. No, let's do it now. Let the spirit lead us and let's do it now. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know how bad that situation will be. Or we don't know just that word that's going to trigger something. Just like when I was sitting there with my dad. He could have waited. Oh, let me say something. Let me calm down. Let me, you know. But he said it then. And it had an impact. It changed me. Let's not always try to come prim and proper. Let the spirit lead us to say that thing. How many know the spirit is not prim and proper? The spirit is truth. It's a spirit of truth. Thank you, Lord. We are to encourage one another. And I just want to finish on this point by looking at a character in the New Testament, um, the Apostle Paul, um, a tremendous encourager. And, you know, he, he went around uh, planting churches, uh, building churches, but he never left them. He kept in encouraging them. And this is, you know, what the epistles, when we read the epistles, this is what we see. He kept writing to them, encouraging them. Why? Because we all go through things. We go through things collectively as a church, as our pastors will no doubt tell you. And we also go through things individually. And Paul kept encouraging them. And we can read about those. But I just want to look at one scripture where we see that Paul was encouraging Timothy. Who had also been sent out. He was doing the work. How many people, when, you know, when we're in ministry. And when I say that word ministry, people think, well, I'm not in ministry. No, we're all in ministry. Here's the thing, we're all in ministry. So when we're in ministry... We need to be encouraged to keep going, to keep growing. We're not going to grow. And, and I, I, I'm sure all of us know that there's a lot of people that, you know, their, their goal is gone. And this is why it's important to stay encouraged. Because this is not a one-time thing. It's not, um, it's not, you know, come through the door of salvation and sit down. As I said, we are all ministers. So we need to be encouraged to keep going and growing rather than coming through and sitting down. Amen. So I'll just read this. It says in 1 Timothy, it says um, in chapter 4, it says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but, see, uh, sorry, but set the, the, belie the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scriptures, to exhortation, to teaching and this is Paul lifting up just encouraging Timothy a young man at the time see we need encouragement because I'm sure I'll put my hand first I'm sure we can agree that we say things to ourselves 
We say things to ourselves and, and, and it's so easy to be discouraging. It's so easy to be discouraging. You know, and this is why when I came into the faith, I made it a real point to be around men in the faith. Met strong men in the faith. Men that could show me things. Men, men that could teach me things. Men that were ahead of where I, where I was. Men that I inspired to be like. Why? Because where was I coming from? I was coming from a place that was contrary to where I was. It was totally different. It was the other way. And I was around people that were not leading me to be like Jesus Christ. So I said I had to make a point of being around people that could, even just by looking at them, encourage me. And maybe that's something for you. Maybe you need to just be in the, the forum where people will just speak and you'll be encouraged. Maybe you're not that, at that place where you want to say, hey guys, I'm going through this, that and the other. Maybe you just need to be in the place just to hear. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. When I wasn't a believer, when I wasn't in the faith, I was hearing many things and it wasn't building my faith in Jesus Christ. It was building my faith in something else. So I had to make a point. I made a point of being around strong men of God, men that were going for Jesus Christ so I could just be in that arena. I was very quiet at that time uh, uh, in the things of God. I was loud everywhere else, but I was very, very quiet in the things of God. Because I said, I just, I'm not ready yet, but I just need to listen to these guys. I need to sit in the sanctuary and just listen to the word of God. Be filled up, be filled up. Why? Because there's a time. There's a time when you're going to be called, when you're going to be in a situation and you're going to need to encourage. Are you going to have enough to be able to pour out to encourage somebody? That's why we need to sit and listen. That's why we need to read the word of God, because we're going to be called. And we want to be able to encourage, through the word of God, to encourage someone. And I just want to finish on this point. I don't want to labor it too much, but sometimes we don't know when we're encouraging. This is why we need to watch our words. Let our words be sweet, like honey, the Bible says, like honeycomb. We need those words because the word, the, the word of God says in, in, in Proverbs, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Like, we need to know that, we need to believe that, we need to really have a, a good understanding of that. That when we speak, that we speak life. That we speak words that are going to lift, edify the reverend. In fact, edify wherever you are. Like we are, we are the, 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 the salt of the earth. We're the salt of the earth. So even when we're not in the sanctuary, when we're out, let our words be sweet. Let us not take on what, how the world are. Tap for toe. He said something bad. Oh, well, I don't like that. I'll get offended and say something back. No. Let's be encouraged. Let, let's look different. Why are they always so encouraging? Let us be different. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, and then the third form of encouragement is God's creation. 
Um, a brother of ours, he says to me that he likes to go and take walks in the forest and listen to the trees and look around and just take it all in. And that's where he can think. And as he shared that with me, I started to think about God's creation. God has created everything we see in nature for us to enjoy, for us to learn from, for us to experience. And we can gain encouragement from that. We can gain inspiration from that. And I started thinking about that. And I came across what I believe is a familiar scripture for, for, for all of us from Matthew. And Matthew 6, in verse 25, it says this. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the li lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And as I read this, I thought, look at God's creation. Look how God takes care of his creation. And when he, this is Jesus speaking, so it's in your Bibles, it's usually in the red. And Jesus says, look, therefore, I tell you, like, do not be anxious for nothing. Like I said, it's so easy to be discouraged. It's so easy to get that anxiety, or that, that, that worry. But he says, look, you don't need to be anxious for nothing. And then he starts to tell us about his creation. He tells us about his creation. He says, look, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. Like, they don't do the formula that we do. And if, if, if those of you don't understand the formula that we live by, we're all living by this formula of sowing or reaping, whether you know it or not. We're all sowing and we're all reaping something. Okay, that's a whole other sermon in itself, which one day, God willing, I'll preach, but we're all sowing and reaping. So he says, look, the birds don't even sow or reap. My creation, this stuff that I created over here, it doesn't even sow or weep, uh, sow nor reap. Um, and, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Your heavenly father takes care of them. He makes a way for them. Are you not of more value than they? Anyone wondering? The answer is yes. We are of more value to our heavenly father than the birds. So we, should, we can take encouragement from this. God's creation is taken care of. When you're in a situation, he's got you. You're taken care of. 
Sometimes it's so acute, the pain's so acute that you can't see it, but you're taken care of. And I started looking at this and I thought, wow, God's creation is taken care of. How much more us? Yes, sometimes we don't see it. But this is why, as I started this, we must be encouraged in the Lord that we can see clearly, that we can see, be encouraged, that Lord, I know your word. I know what you say. You take care of the birds. They don't even sow or reap. I'm sowing them reaping, Lord. And it's not, that's not the reason why he's taking care of them. He's just saying that, look, they don't even sow or reap, and I'll take care of them. You sow and reap. You're more valuable to me, to them, to me than them. So we can be encouraged by his creation. Look at the, the sea. It comes into the shore and goes out. It does what it does. God's created that. How much more us? What did it say in the, in the, in the, in the, in the beginning? He looked at Adam and he said, it's good. You are good. Be encouraged by his word. You are good. And all that he has for you is good. Amen? Amen. So as I close, I'm just closing now. And um, I want to leave you with a, with a tip. I want to leave you with a tip. Um, so the T in tip is for transparency. Or transparent. We... If we're not there already, we must grow to a place of transparency, being transparent amongst the brethren. Why is that so important? It's important because if we're not transparent, how can our brethren encourage us the way we need to be encouraged? We want to be encouraged. I want to be encouraged. And I want to have the encouragement like, encouragement like David had, that specific encouragement for my situation. It's fantastic having just general encouragement. Hey, crack on, you're doing a great job. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I submit to you that speaking from my experience in this place, when I've been open to uh, uh, the brethren, I've received encouragement specifically for me, specifically that can speak to me, that can get me going and keep me going in the right direction. And that's why it's important that we be transparent. And I know, we, we, like I said, when I first came into the faith, I was quiet, I sat down. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we ought to grow, and we want to grow to that, that, that place where, and I'm not saying we, we're transparent and everyone knows what we're going through, but... There must be a brethren, someone in the faith that we can speak to, to be encouraged, because we all need encouragement, and it starts with transparency. And the I in tip is for intentional. We need to be intentional about receiving encouragement, being in those environments that can garner us having some uh, uh, encouragement. We also need to be uh, intentional about encouraging people. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that it's better to give than to receive. Let's be givers. Let's fill ourselves up because, as I said, we cannot pour out what we don't have. 
So we ought to be intentional about being in the, in, in the environments that are going to build us up, but we also need to be intentional about being in those environments, being in those situations where we can be the one that's going to lift someone up, that's going to build someone up. And the P in tip is for prepared. We need to be prepared, church. Because there's going to be times when we're called upon where we need to encourage, where we need to lower ourselves to receive encouragement. But we all be, it all comes from being that person that's prepared. That person that's prepared to sit and listen and wait for God's word, to hear from him, to read God's word. God, it's not making sense to me. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Because it may not make sense now, but it will make sense. Amen. Because God is not the author of confusion. Amen. So I pray that um, this message has been uh, encouraging for you. Um, yeah, and I pray, look, church, this, when, when, I, when, when someone stands up here and shares a message, it's not just for us. It is, again, it's to fill us up. But we're going to leave here. And I know we've all got families. And I, I don't know everyone's situation, but we can encourage. We're all going to come into contact with people who are not in the faith. Or people of all different situations. We can encourage. Why don't we start that? We've heard the word today. Why don't we take the word with us? And why don't we start that? This week... The week's underway. We can do that. An encouraging word. Because like my dad said to me, we don't always know the level of impact it's going to have. Amen. So let's be encouraged and let's be encouragers. Bless you all and praise the Lord once again. Thank you.